This is Unclaimed Bands, show 102. Hey, music listeners, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands, and joining us tonight is the Dirty Pearls, or at least Tommy from the Dirty Pearls. How you doing, Tommy? Yeah. Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I uh, I want to thank you for uh, for you guys submitting to Reverb Nation. Um, it's yeah, always man. great to hear, you know, get exposure to music that we don't, you know, from bands we don't normally get a chance to see up front. And, uh, you know, like in person, hopefully, uh, though, since you're only in New York, uh, and I'm here in Philly, we'll, we'll get that ch- chance soon. But uh, before we jump into the interview, why don't we uh, give people a taste of what your music is? Uh, what sounds are, great, man. What are we going to hear? How about we start off with our lead-off single? It's called Who's Coming Back to Who? All right, this is Who's Coming Back to Who by the Dirty Pearls. Who's coming back to who, babe? Who's coming back? Who's coming back to who, babe? Where, 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 where
Okay, that was Who's Coming Back to Who. Tommy, yeah, can, can you give us a little bit of background on that song? Oh, uh, yeah, that song was uh, written uh, based on a true story. Um, it's written about, a, I guess, an experience that I had with, a, with an ex, and we broke up, and to this day, we're still trying to see who's going to be the first to give in and go back to the other one. And that, you know, the story is still unwritten, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll just spawn another song, a sequel. <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. That's yeah. uh, that's kind of cool, man. I uh, so it's the, the 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 war still goes on, which I think yeah, is true for exactly. all of us. <laughs> yeah, it is true, right? It's always a tug of war. <laughs> always. I don't know who <laughs> who thought it was going to be compromise. They ain't compromise, trust me. Yeah, no, there's there's no middle ground. Usually. <laughs> <laughs> how did uh, so? Tell me, uh, how did you guys get started as a band? Um, I'm actually from I'm actually from the Philadelphia area originally. And I moved to New York City to pursue music. And I had this vision of a band that I wanted it to be like a gang. I, I felt that was missing in rock music today. And, um, and like Guns N' Roses were a gang. The Beatles were a gang. Stones were a gang. And the list goes on. And it, it's, I wanted that vibe, the clash, and, 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 and trying to find the right guys to make that happen. I even wanted to have the band name to be like, it's like sounding like something out of the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when I came up with the name The Dirty Pearls. And I just, I knew all these different bands on the scene, uh, like Marty, my drummer, Marty E, he, um, he played in a, in a, in a band and, and, the different, and the guitar players and the bass player. And, and I just, I went to each band trying to steal their guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> he would be perfect. He would be perfect. That's the perfect band if I had these guys. And uh, one by one, I was, I was kind of soliciting them to, to jam with me. I was like, look, I'm not asking you to leave your band, but just jam with me. What's it hurt just to jam? You know? Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Try. Together, you like you know? it. You know, exactly. So, was, you know, was, the more we got together and played, um, the more that they would get into it. And, um, and then sooner or later, it became, it became a band. So <laughs> it worked out all right. Nice, nice. Smooth operator. Way, way to go there, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like stealing that guy's girlfriend. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> how how, uh, how would you classify your style of music that you guys create in the band? Um, you know, everyone always asks that, and I, I never really have the right answer. It's just, I, I know it's cliche to say it was just a rock and roll band, but I really don't know how else to describe it. I think that we're a high-energy rock band with, with power pop hooks. Uh, I would say if you took Cheap Trick, The Clash, Billy Idol, um, you know, some guns and roses, maybe a little bit of Nirvana, and, and, and put it all in a green day and put it all into a, a uh, what, what do you call that thing? You have to blender? Make the drink. So we, yeah, a blender. Put it all into <laughs> a blender and then pour it up into a glass and you've got the Dirty Pearls right there. That's, okay, I mean, no no umbrella like, though, right? I mean, with the name like the Dirty that? Pearls, there can't be an umbrella in that drink. <laughs> no umbrella in that drink, that's correct. <laughs> Shaking not stirred too. There you go, there you go. <laughs> Well, no, no, I don't think there's any right answer for that question. We just sometimes ask it so people get an idea, you know what I mean? Like, what, what's going through the band's head? And uh, so I thought that was perfect answer. Yeah, I mean, we got elements of, like, just hard rock and, like, the power pop and there's some elements of punk. We had, we had a guy at Rolling Stone who recently um, wrote a little book about us and compared us to the Kinks. Really? Um, that's but, cool. Yeah, that's great. We have a couple songs that have that kind of... Um, feel i guess and i guess those are the songs that he probably mostly heard that's why he wrote that but um i'll, I'll take that any day of the week the kinks were great yeah yeah really that's that's nothing to be yeah. slouching about no i wanted to ask you your, your first full-length album whether you like it or not 
Uh, you worked yes. with David Kahn. Can you tell us about that experience? I mean, Grammy Award-winning well, producer? Yeah, working with David was amazing. We had made uh, two self-produced EPs prior to that, which um, which, which had been pulled since we worked with David on, and redid some of the songs. So we pulled them offline. But um, when we got in with David, I mean, David's pedigree, he's worked with Strokes, he's worked with Sublime, uh, Paul McCartney, James Brown, uh, and the list goes on. Like, it's, he's won Grammys and just sit in the room with this guy and just watch him bring our songs to a different level was just really amazing. It was like leaving the minor leagues and entering the majors, you know? And uh, he really put us through the ringer, I mean, in, in a good and healthy way, where he made us better as uh, musicians and songwriters, for sure. Um, you know, after after the experience of working with David on the songs, now when I go and write songs, I, I use all the you know, the education I got from him whenever I'm trying to put a song together. So it, it was it was really an amazing experience, and um, we actually worked on a few new songs with David that were either going to release as singles or put towards uh, the next album, which I'm hoping to have up by the end of the year. So we'll see how that pans out. Oh, so we might have some more more new material either way, one way or the other. Yeah, cool. I don't know if I'm going to release these new songs as singles or le singles leading up to the full length album, or just wait till the full length album. Where we're in, we're kind of talking about all that right now to so see how we want to, you know, uh, put out some new stuff. So we'll see. Or I want to work on a new video. Um, so I don't know. Lots of stuff going on, and, and uh, we'll see what pans out. No, oh, it sounds like you're very busy. That's great. That's what that's what yeah. we're here. Uh, what What's the first record you ever bought? First. The first album I ever bought, man. Um, I don't, you know, it's it's weird. I, I can't remember the first album I bought. It was a, I think the first CD I ever got was um, was was Van Halen. Um, I think it was, it was Van Halen Fifty One Fifty. Even though I preferred the David Lee Roth era of stuff, I had this. I had Fifty One Fifty because it was like such a big deal. Like who this? You know, we all knew Sammy Hagar, but like. Wow, he's gonna sing for Van Halen. What does this sound like? You uh -huh. know, and it was a solid album. That was great. But um, but growing up, my father always had forty-five records laying around, and um, that's what I really listened to. I would, I would play these these forty-fives, Elvis and Dion and and uh, Stones and the Beatles like nonstop. Like that was my that was my rock and roll education right there. It was yeah. insane. That's a great and, foundation um, to have. Oh man, just I, I would play I would play hooky. Or play sick, I guess. But I guess it was kind of hooky. I'd, I'd be, I would play sick to my parents, and so I'd stay home, and uh, and because I wanted to play these records all day and just and just play them loud, and it was weird. I didn't want them to know that I discovered them in the closet. I felt like, and that's like it's a taboo thing for me to be having these records, even though they probably wouldn't have cared. I just felt like I didn't want anybody to know that I knew about these songs, and I don't even know why I thought that, but. Um, I would play them so loud and I'd get on top of the fireplace and act like I was on stage singing the Beatles, you know, and everything else. And then I'd hear, I'd hear the garage door opening up and I'd run to the covers and act like I was asleep watching TV and watching cartoons and stuff. And I'd put everything away really quick. Um, yeah, that was funny. I remember that as a kid. Well, you know, if they keep them in the closet, you know, it's like, oh, right next to the stack of dirty magazines. Oh, no, I think I'll go for the records. <laughs> well, I found those a little later. <laughs> They were under the bed. They went in the closet, but I found those a few years later. That was a whole different story. <laughs> yeah, playing hooky for another reason. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. Who uh, who would you say has influenced you since that was the, the you know the early part of your musical education? But since you started playing music, who has influenced you most in your music writing and and maybe even playing? 
Um, I guess uh, with the performance wise, I mean, as, as a because I front the band as a front man, I've always I've always loved Steven Tyler. I just always found he had that swagger and that that thing, you know, that you just can't put your finger on. That he he just he knows what to say and and he, he hit the, I don't know just the way he presents that band and I don't know Steven Tyler to me was probably one of my biggest influences. He just always just delivered. Um, songwriting wise, I I don't know maybe I lean. Um, I guess a little bit towards the Beatles. I, I find that I tendency to do a lot of stuff that, like I mentioned before, with the power pop, maybe like a cheap trick thing mm-hmm. uh, with the harmonies and, and stuff like that. I would have never said that a few years ago. I would have never thought it. But after I went into the studio with David and I realized that the, the way I was structuring these songs and, and, and his input, that it leaned towards that way. So I guess I had always had that in me, but and it was brought out with him. So I probably have to say, I guess, uh, you know, like a Beatles or cheap trick. You know who's a great songwriter that I love, like awesome power pop stuff, is uh, Butch Walker. Mm. Oh, yeah. God, man, he re- I love all his stuff. Uh, he was in a, like, a band called The Marvelous Three that were that were really awesome. And, uh, and his solo work is just great. I mean, I, I probably, you know what, I, actually, he probably is one of my um, biggest influences as a songwriter now that I come to think of it. The way uh, his structures and songs is fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think uh, I think everybody's got a little something they draw to, but you know, it's got to be something you can relate to as well too. And that's uh, that's cool that you do that. I love the harmonizing on uh, at the very beginning of Who's Coming Back to Who. Yeah, that was, that was really cool stuff. Yeah, it's great stuff. Thank you. So, if you know, if you could, and, and sometimes this this is like one of probably the most difficult question we ever ask, but what do you feel your band offers? It brings the music that we don't already have out there in other performers. Well, you know, I, I, I said this before. I, I don't think we're reinventing the wheel here. I just think we're putting a new car on top. Um, nice. You know, like really, there uh, rock. There are no rock bands right now. When's the last relevant rock and roll band? What was the last one? Like, I can't even. I can't even think about it. Was it Green Day or? I mean, Muse is great. They put out a lot of cool stuff. Uh, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I don't no, know. But no, no, I, I kind of agree with you. You know, like it's always been pop and hip hop, and I'm not, I'm not knocking that. That's great, but it's such, it's so, it has saturated the music market so much that rock has been buried. But I've noticed a lot of even in, in the pop stars lately, all using more guitars now and and everything. That I'm hoping there's going to be a resurrection of, of rock and roll, and you know, see what happens. But I mean, I was watching like I think it was the MTV Awards or um, oh, yeah. MTV Awards or one of these award shows where uh, I think Nikki Six tweeted that not one guitar was seen with any of the live performances at at the uh, at the whatever the Grammys or whatever it was. I think it was the award show, whatever one was, there was no not one person playing the guitar. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's it's conversely, it's like you've got you've got the NFL uh, halftime show during the Super Bowl and there's they're not really playing the guitars. Yeah. What the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. That was a little crazy. I agree. I I, I remember watching it too. Going, please, please not plug in. I go, uh, okay, well maybe maybe the bass player from uh, uh, who's the other guy that's playing? Uh, Bruno yeah. Mars. Uh, maybe Bruno Mars guy's playing bass. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's a little weird. Yeah, it's it's uh, I, I you know I hope that there is a revolution that comes back. I, I think there are a lot of great bands um, like yours that have have oh, yeah. that. Okay, but uh, for whatever reason, there's this whole bias against it, and you know, living in a world where 
you know, American Idol or The Voice, and that's all it really is about. It's just about the, you know, like who we can throw up the next pop star, package and yeah. you know, push out there, homogenize for everybody, and let them spoon feed it down. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's weird because you know, with those shows too, like I never hear from these singers again. You know, like I mean, I, I'm up to you once in a while I see these people singing, but I never hear um, anything about them. Maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe I live in a different world, but I, I don't. I don't know. I just don't like Kelly Clarkson. I get she was the first winner and and whatever. But like ever since then, whatever happened to the rest of this? It, that's American very very few and far between. Yeah. You know, it's just it's it's a ratings thing. What can we package? What can we sell? And you know, yeah, it's it's sad. Oh, so sad. It is sad. It's a microwave cooker. It's just hey, here you go. Put it in there for five minutes and let's move on to the next bag of popcorn. You know what exactly. I mean? That's it. Exactly. Well, let's cheer everybody up and listen to another one of your songs. What are we going to hear? Yeah, how about uh, we have a song called "Bring on the Night." It was um, it's written about we you know down here in the Lower East Side of New York City. Uh, there's this bar we always hung out at. It's called Saint Jerome's. It's um, it's pretty much I don't know. There's like a where we all met each other and talked about music and a lot of artists hang, hung out there, still hang out there, and uh, it's just always been a great vibe. So we we wrote a song about the energy of that bar. St. Jerome's on Rivington Street, and it's called uh, Bring on the Night. Okay, this is Bring on the Night by the Dirty Pearls. Turn it up. In your head, going round and round, taking you in. 
All right, that was Bring on the Night. Tommy, what's the best place for everybody out there listening to get like the latest news for your band? Uh, man, you can just go straight to the dirtypearls.com and right there you can uh, connect to our Twitter, uh, our Tumblr, of course our Facebook, um, everything right at your fingertips. We even have a Dirty Pearls app that's absolutely free. You get our videos and our music on it, and it's all right there at your fingertips. Oh, that's cool, man. I didn't know you guys had it. Yeah. App. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually through Reverb Nation. It's awesome. Um, so you can download the app for free. Just, just, you know, search on the app store there and you can find it right in your phone. Boom. And we'll keep nice. you updated on uh, shows and anything going on in the world of the Dirty Pearls. Cool, cool. Hey, you guys have opened up for a lot of famous bands. Uh, Lady Gaga, yeah. Kiss, The Darkness, Brett Michaels, Jet, The New York Dolls. To date, you know, and I know there's many more, but to date, what do you think has been your biggest career moment with opening for these bands? Well, first of all, I'd like to say that all those bands actually closed for us. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Just, nice. Yeah, it's always funny when I say that. Anyway, um, you know, I'd have to say um, for me, and uh, was it was Kiss because I've always been a Kiss fan. And to be on the same stage of Kiss was just an amazing moment. Um, and also, most recently, opening for Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is a personal friend of ours, and we know her from the streets of the Lower East Side. And for her to ask us to open up for her in, in uh, South by Southwest was, was just phenomenal. Oh, and wow. Thrilled. Yeah, that was really cool. And she's a big fan of the band. And, um, and The Darkness was great, too. I've always been a fan of Darkness. And mm-hmm. I was just, like... They went away for a bit, man. Like I was like, oh man, that that might have been like one of my favorite last rock bands, I guess, you know. And um, uh, that might have been the last big rock hit. I mean, unless I can't think of something off the top of my head, like I believe in Thing Called Love was like a huge power fucking pop rock hit, you know. It was. Um, and that was a big thrill opening for them. They were really nice guys. Um, I'd say out of all the bands we played with, and then you know, I'm not bad to say that any of them, but. But uh, those are the top three, no particular order, Kiss, Lady Gaga, and The Darkness, for sure. Cool. Well, aside from the bands that you've played for, or who've closed for you, uh, is there <laughs> any, uh, if, if you could collaborate with any one artist, living or dead, uh, who would it be and why? Um, collaborate with any artist, living or dead. I mean, I guess I would love to collaborate with, I would love to collaborate with Paul McCartney. You know, I mean, I can just imagine just, uh, I mean, just this history of, of his songwriting and uh, working with him. Hell, David Kahn produced him and he produced us. Maybe I could work something out. That's not, that might not be too far-fetched. No, no, you know? no. That's, that's two degrees of separation, <laughs> man. Yeah. The other guy I would love to work with would be uh, David Grohl. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, hey, hey, I mean, hey. He, McCartney and him work together. You that's get them sure. You know together. what? Look, there's a connection there. Mm-hmm. There's a connection. Yeah, David Gross, he, I think uh, he's he's amazing. I really do. I mean, when, when I always like Nirvana. And then when I remember when the Foo Fighters were starting, I was like, you mean the drummer from Nirvana is going to front the band? <laughs> this is going to suck. And holy shit, man. I mean, it was amazing. Foo Fighters are great. David Gross is an amazing songwriter. You know, yeah. it, uh, I love him as a drummer for Nirvana. I love Nirvana. But I mean, um, Nirvana kind of held him back from what he was at, you know, all his talents. I know, yeah. right? I mean, I, I I felt the same way. Like, oh, what's this? What's this going to be like? You know? And it's totally blown yeah. away. Totally. Blown oh away. man, Monkey Wrench was amazing. It was awesome. <laughs> I remember when I first heard that song. I was like, this is fucking great. 
Did yeah. You, did you ever get yeah, to see the, uh, well. the that documentary he did for Sound City? Oh, Sound City, that's a great documentary. <sighs> Wasn't it? Anyone listening has not seen that, I suggest you rent it, buy it, whatever. It's on, I think it's on Netflix, too. It's, it's spectacular. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was just totally blown away. It showed a whole different level of his understanding of music for me. Yeah. That was cool. Well, yeah. Let's let's stop with the Dave Glo- Dave Grohl love fest. <laughs> how do you how do you see the future of live music for rock bands? Well, you know because of, of music is quote unquote free, the live show is where it's at. You can't recreate a live show. You can put it on YouTube, but there ain't there ain't nothing like going to see and experience that live show. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I've searched for different bands that I enjoy to watch on YouTube, and it's just not the same as when you go feel that you know. Even, it could be anything from from going to see that local band at the street at at the hole in the wall that's you know a couple blocks from where you live, to going to see uh, Kiss, you know, in an arena. I mean, it's there's no better feeling than experiencing that live music, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that'll never go away. You can't follow that. You can't you can't digitalize that. You can't you can't put it in it. There's no there's nothing in your iPhone that's going to recreate it. That's it. Got to be there to experience the live the live feel. Um, and that's, I guess, where the rock, where the rock bands can come into play, because a lot of the other, you know, uh, pop acts and stuff, it's all pre-recorded stuff. I mean, you might get the energy of, of the singer, but I mean, the rest of the band is pretty much tape. But that live band, seeing the four or five guys up there, just giving that energy out there, energy coming from everywhere, you know, um, it's just, it's just a different feeling. And I think that could be what helps, you know, rock still prevail. Oh no, no, I, I agree with you. It's that that live energy. I think that's what people people miss it. You know, just because you see somebody singing on the TV with a track or whatever, it's nothing like seeing a live band perform. Nah, nothing. Like feeling that that thunder in your in your chest when that the bass and drums are just pounded. Oh, know? absolutely. Like a Metallica show. I mean, come on, you can't you can't you can't capture a Metallica show on YouTube. You got to be there and feel that thunder and lightning. You know. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So before we wrap up here, is there anything you want to say to your fans out there? Man, we have we have the greatest fans in the world. Man, they they write us all the time, and and we write every single one of them back. Um, we can't thank all the fans for all their support. Um, we will be putting new music out soon, and a new album, and and hopefully hitting the road by the summer. So that would be you know stay tuned. Like I said, go to thedirtypearls.com, hit all our social networks under the same name, and uh, you know follow us, and uh, we'll keep you posted on everything that's going down with the Dirty Pearls. Cool. Well, when you hit the tour, man, let me know if you're coming to Philly or anywhere near, all right? Yeah, we played Philly Philly back in September. We'll probably be back soon. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Tommy, I want to thank you for taking time to do the interview, and thank you again for um, signing up for the submission for Reimagination. Yeah, man, thank you so much for having us. uh, No, it's my pleasure. Uh, Everybody out there, make sure that when you're done with it, listen to this interview, go check out their website. You get more of their music, look at the videos, and by all means, go see this band live. It's truly the only way you want to experience music. Uh, Until until next time, everybody, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands. Our guests have been the Dirty Pearls. Thanks, Tommy. All right, take care, brother. The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of unclaimed bands, its parent company, or subsidiaries.